The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I want to tell you a story about maybe my strangest speech. I'm sitting in my office maybe four years ago, and I get a call from a woman, and as soon as she picked, I spoke to her, I knew this was going to be an adventure. She was from Buford, Georgia. And I said, she said, hello. I said, hello. She goes, hello. My name is Betsy. Is there a Mr. Hooray there? I'm like, almost one more R. (laughs) She's like, oh, Mr. Hooray. My name is Betsy and I'm calling from Buford, Georgia. I'm like, I can tell from your accent. She goes, would you like to come and speak at our conference? I said, well, what's the name of your conference? She goes, it is the Christian Coalition of Technology. I said, you sure you got the right number? She's like, well, yeah, you are a minister, aren't you? I'm like, no. She's like, well, you're a rabbi, right? And I'm like, not a rabbi. She goes, hmm, well, are you at least a Jew? And I'm like, I'm like, yes. She goes, I'll be just And I said, uh, okay, I mean, what is it? She goes, I want you to come down, be our guest at our conference. And, you know, I'm like, okay, like, I got to like, you know, Never been to be before. Never been sort of there. I'm like, you know, let me just ask my rabbi and say goodbye to my family and uh, <laughs> go to Buford. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you have me for lunch. I don't know. So I go, before I, before I let you go, how did you find me? She goes, I watched one of your videos on a great website called Aish.com. <laughs> And that, that. I said, okay. So I asked my rabbi, and I said goodbye to my family. <laughs> and I boarded a flight to Atlanta and got picked up by a car and drove out to Buford. Anyone ever been to Buford before? Why would you? <laughs> Buford's a wonderful town. And at least what I saw at Buford, it's long patches of grass, lots of churches, football fields, and gun shops, which is just perfect. So I'm going and church, gun shop, football field, church, gun shop, football field. I'm like, this is going to be an incredible day. And at the end of his long, long road, there was a small little hotel. And I got out of the car and I walked into this conference. It wasn't a major hotel. And I kid you not, the conference would have been a conference that you could see in one of our communities. The conference is about technology and how technology could impact faith on children. Like we could literally have had the same thing. And I walk into this room and the room was packed. And there's three presenters. There's an evangelical minister, but I want you to picture this guy. He's like 35, good looking, short haircut, and he is like in the dictionary. If you look at like charisma, you see his picture. He's like, he comes in the room and the room just lights up. He's walking, he owns the place. Next to him is a Southern Baptist minister, African American man. Like the Energizer Bunny. And then there's me, the Jew from Long Island. And the conference begins. So let me give, let me give you, for those of you who are familiar, I wasn't familiar. The way it works in the Jew, if you speak to a Jewish audience, you get up here and you give yourself, and you sweat this out. The rabbi gets up there and he gives a drush and sweats it out. If you're lucky, after an hour for a Jewish audience and they like what you say, we say, Shkaiver. Shkayach is short for Yashir Koach, but Gothbitch, we say two words. 
Let me turn it into like one word, which is like a, a half like we're coughing. Shkayal. So when the rabbi's done, his whole suit is drenched with phlegm for all the shkayal, shkayal, shkayal. That, that, that's it. You get a shkayal? That's the gold standard in the Jewish world. Not in the evangelical world. If they like what you say in the middle of their speech, they will scream out mid-speech, Amen. Just in the middle. Amen. If they really like what you're saying, I don't know how they do it. They have like this weird like ESP. They say, mm-hmm. But not one person. Like four, five, ten people. I don't know how they all know to start being together, but they do. And you'll get a collective, mm-hmm. He gets up there, and this guy just kills it. I mean, he kills it. He was quoting every single properties, and they are loving him. They are amending him. They are improving him. He's, talk- I mean, he's talking about David and the rock of David. Although it is small, it'll slow the big Goliath. The internet may be big, but it's our faith that makes us work because David has the name of the Lord, and you've never met. And they are going out of their minds. They're amending. They're improving. He is dancing with them. I am sweating. I've never seen this in my whole life. And he sits down. Like it's like a regular day. Then the Southern Baptist gets up. Holy cow, if you think the evangelicals are fun, forget it. Southern Baptists, you've got amen and mm-hmm. Then you've got extra credit words. If you like what you say, after they've gone through amens and mm-hmm, they will stand up and they will put their hands up and they will say, Preach on my brother. In the middle, people just stand up. And they, it's unbelievable. This guy, forget about it. He is like, but he's quoting guys, he's not quoting our people. He's quoting Matthew and Luke. I don't know who these people, like it's not one of ours, but he knows them chapter and verse. And he's quoting and he's dancing. And the people are up in the aisles. Amen. Preach on. He is dancing with them. I am like dripping in the corner. The evangelical's not moved whatsoever. And he's rocking and he sits down. And then it's my turn. And I get up and say, in this week's Parsha, it says. <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't do that. It doesn't work in shul. It's going to work down there. I get up and I'm like, I tell I prepared a whole thing about the idea of what we would consider to be like, dear, but Tonim have to, uh, physical, it was supposed to elevate it. You know, spirituality doesn't mean non physical, it means the elevation of physical. And I do a whole speech about how there's something in this world that can be a potential tool for God. And I am getting. No amens. I am getting no thrones. And you can be sure I am not getting any. Preach on my brothers. And it's uncomfortable. You understand? It's been a half an hour of a total dance fest. And the Jew boy's up there. And it's like a library. And I'm going out of my mind. I'm like, I don't understand. I was like, I prepared and I'm going. And the, the problem was that I'm from New York. And when you're from New York, you talk as fast as the words come out of your mouth. Because the minute you stop, someone's barreling right over you. In the South, that's not how it works. You have to talk slowly and you've got to give them a runway to get the amen. And I didn't know that. And there was no handbook for if you're a Jew and you end up in a Christian place, how do you get an amen? No one taught me that in school. And I'm like, dying. I'm going out of my mind. 
and I'm going, and I'm trying, and at some point I'm like, you know what, Hashem, whatever, I don't need an amen. I'll just get, I'll just live with shkayas. If that's my lot in life, to just get a bunch of shkayas, fine, I'm a cabal, all of your, all of your judgments. I'll go back to New York, and I'll live with Flemish shkayas. And I'm going, thank you. And I'm going, and I'm just, and I'm just into it. I'm like, let it go. And I'm talking about this time. You have to elevate what we have and do it for the, for the sake of God. And I take a breath because I'm exhausted. And in the corner of the room, a guy goes, amen. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> sir, I want to let you know something. I was up here the whole time and I'm like, I'm not getting any amens. And I was getting a little subconscious, but I want to just thank you so much because... I really appreciate your amen. And the crowd found out that this Jew boy wanted amens. <laughs> they amen me to death. <laughs> and I was all in. I was like, and then and they're like, they're like, amen. And I'm like, and can I get an amen? I'm like, amen. I'm like, can I get a preach <laughs> preach on? And they're standing in the aisles. They amen me. They it was the best day of my life. I called my wife. I said, Dina, we are moving and jumping. Like, what about Jewish schools? I'm like, forget the Jewish schools. Amen, you down here. So the conference is over. I didn't want to leave, but apparently it was over. And I had booked a flight from Delta that was like leaving, I don't know, nine o'clock at night. So they put me into a room to, for, for a flight. And I told them that I'm kosher. They're like, what do you need? I'm like, just get me a few pieces of fruit. And they went all out. Like they bought every single piece of fruit in the entire state of Georgia. So it's me, a little conference room, and the Garden of Eden. Wants to so I'm sitting in the room, Wi-Fi, and just pounding fruit. About 10 minutes later, the evangelical minister comes in and walks into the room, and he's, he closes the door. I'm like, okay. This is the moment. So he looks at me and goes, good job in there. I'm like... You get this all week. He's like, every time I speak to you, I'm like, wow. Talking for a few minutes, and then he gets really serious. And I'm like, no, 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 we don't put blood in the matzahs. That's not how it works. This whole thing is made up. We're good people. It's not like that. He's like, what? So he looks at me, and he says, I know. I'm like, what? He's like, I know. I'm like, I'm so happy that you know. Um, because I guess you think that I know, too. So... You know and I know, so let's just at the same time say who we know. You go first. <laughs> so he says, about you people, I know. I'm like, okay. What is it about our people in particular, if you wouldn't mind, that you want to start with that you know? So he says, you know, I grew up and I was always a man of faith. My grandfather had a ministry. My father had a ministry. And I knew right away when I was going, I was going straight to the ministry. I love the Lord. I love the Bible. And he, this guy can quote chapter and verse like I've never seen. He's quoting Zechariah. I, can talk, I, I, I don't even know half the stuff that sounds. You're probably right. I just got to look at the Hebrew. He goes, but I got to tell you something. When I was in, when I'm in my church, I always have this thought that somehow God hooks you people up. Something about you and God. Always hooking you up. And it always bothered me. It seems like God is always taking care of the Jewish people. And one, once I got to a certain level in his ministry, he was able to take his first trip to Israel. And I took a mission to Israel. 
on the last day of the mission, my tour guide said, tomorrow we're going to see the most sacred place right now in the world of the Jewish people, the Western Wall. This is the last remnant of their temple. And tomorrow we're going to go there be able to pray. And he thought, thank God I have this tour guide because it's probably close to the public. But this guy can like hook us up and get us in. So the day came and I woke up in the morning and I got to tell you, I was sorely disappointed. I expected to see nobody there except for a few really holy Jews. The place was open to the public. Every, I saw a group of people taking pictures. Kids were dancing. Tourists were snapping pictures. The one thing you have left, the most sacred place you have on earth, you don't cord it off. You don't seal it up. It's open to anybody who wants to walk in. How could that possibly be? And I was so upset. And on the way out, I asked the tour guard, how could it possibly be that this is the Jews' last remnant of their holy temple, a sick, most sacred place they have on earth, and they don't keep it for themselves? They open it up to anybody that wants to walk in. It's public property? Isn't that a desecration? The tour guide said, no, you don't understand how it works. The temple was the place in which God dwelled in this earth. And we don't believe that God belongs to us. We want the whole world to know he exists. In fact, that temple was a place to base to bring sacrifices. Even non-religious, non-Jews would bring sacrifices in that temple. Because this is our, the God we want the whole world to see. So if anything, when we have a place of the temple, we want people to come in and tap into a little bit of divineness. And as I walked out, I realized why God hooks you up. Because you're his people, and you're tasked with bringing him to the world. So since you're working for the, for the man, you might as well get company benefits. This is what you do. Your job is bringing him into the world. So I understand if you're bringing him into the world, you deserve to have certain benefits. So I got on that plane, and I got to tell you, I had a very interesting flight home. Because part of me was so proud to be a Jew. Like, I'm a nobody. I got a call from somebody. So it's funny because as I walked out, I go, how did you get me? He goes, and I got back from Israel. I told my secretary, I'm like, Betsy? She's like, yep, Betsy. And I said, I told my secretary, we're doing a conference about technology, my first conference. Get me a Jew. After that. Please that. I'm like, I'm happy I was the one. Thank God for Aish.com. I'm a regular nobody, and yet I'm part of a people that's so glorious that some guy in Buford comes back from the greatest state in the world, greatest country in the world. And because I happen to be born as a Jew, because I have to be a Jew, I'm connected to this nation. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.